Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shepska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! It's noon on Wednesday, March 16th, and this is news that you can use from YAA with your dear hosts, Zach and Ray. And if I may, I'd like to throw out a challenge. Show us your guns, baby. Come on. Happy 100th episode. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, for the 100th. For the 100th? Yeah, show it, show it, show it. I think my arm's like, oh, it's blocked by the microphone. There you go. Okay. What the hell was behind us? The future, but it's actually in front of us. Here's what we're going to talk about today, then. Yes. Will car dealerships exist in 2030? And the reason I thought about this, and thank you to everyone who's here with us today. John Kay's here. John Chipola is here with us as well. Jimmy's here. First Last is here. We've got uh, uh, some congratulations on the 100th show as well. Yeah, thank you. Really shows. Go really figure. appreciate that. I mean, there, there were those who said, well, we wouldn't make it to two. I mean, yeah, yeah. That was, that, there was potential there. Um, mm-hmm. We've got Pedro here with us. We've got Mark here as well. Yomar, SMG, Ruben. Here's what I want to talk about today. Dan. Yeah. Capital One. Yeah. Heard of them? Big bank? Yeah, yeah. I think they're your bank. They um, they set up a lot of car loans, okay? They put they out. Do. They put out, and they do a lot of floor plan as well. Yeah. They put out their 2022 yeah. Capital One car buying outlook. Okay. Okay. So what this is, and I'm actually going to jump all the way to the methodology. What this is, is yes. they interviewed or surveyed, I should say. Let me zoom in. And, uh, whoa. There yeah. we go. Mm. They surveyed consumers and they surveyed car dealers. Yeah. Okay. They they interviewed or surveyed 2,200 U.S. adults ages 18 plus. Okay. And uh, 643 of those people have purchased a car in the last six months and are okay. considered current buyers. And 1,557 self-reported that they were planning to purchase a car within the next two years. And they were considered future buyers. Okay. 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 Yeah, that would qualify. As they also buyers. surveyed yeah. 530 current dealers. Yeah. The 530 re- respondents work for an automobile dealership as an owner, general manager, FNI director, sales manager, internet manager, or in the business development center at the dealership with an approximate annual sales volume of at least a million dollars. Well, that's like 10 cars. <laughs> What the hell is that? Sales volume of a million dollars. I mean, that's nothing. Yeah, okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) I mean, the average transaction price is is just under $50,000. I mean, that's the first hold of poke in this. But it doesn't take much to get to that million, does it? We both read this. Okay. And if anyone wants to play along at home, let me uh, me toss the link in the chat really quick. This research is pretty interesting, and it led to today's question. Like, will car dealerships even be around? There you go. I just popped it in the chat. You are such a good fella. All right. Let's – whoops. I clicked on the wrong button. I quit. I got to quit that. There we go. Okay. All right. I hate when you do that. Perceptions of transparency. Yes. Over the past year, car buyers and dealers' perceptions of transparency in the car buying process have trended in opposite directions. Dealers report the process has become more transparent, while buyers report it's less transparent. Yeah. Let's look at this. Why do you think that is? That's what I'm going to discuss. Okay. This is why I asked the question, will dealerships still be around in 2030? How tra- this is this was the question. Yeah. How transparent is the car buying process today for consumers? Yes. Dealers last year, 54% of them said it's transparent. Yeah. 
Okay. A small subset said that it's not transparent and a rather large subset said neither. In 2022, dealers said 77% of them said it's transparent. Yeah. A very small subset said it's not transparent. Yes. That was a 23-point gain. Yes. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Buyers last year said 40% of them said it was transparent. Yes. This year, 26% said it was transparent. Yes. Do you know why that is? A 14-point decline. Yeah. Do you know why that is? What's that? Because dealers... Dealers never bother to look at this through a consumer's eyes. They always look at it through their eyes. And in their eyes, oh, my God, we're doing everything to be as transparent as we possibly can for the customers. Because the dealers, well, they'll tell you, the customer, what it is that you need to know. As as opposed to listening to the customer and providing them with what it is that they're asking for. So when a dealer thinks they're being transparent, um, they're not. They're, they're, they're still cloaking everything in what dealers do as opposed to, to truly being transparent for the customer. And the customer perceives that. Oh, absolutely. And this is, this is the, the perfect example of how out of touch this current business model is with reality. And that's why, again, why it led me to the question for today's yeah. show, which is, will they even be around? Because you can't have, again, this is a, you do the math here. That's a 37-point spread yeah. between how the, how the seller feels and how the buyer feels yes. about transparency. Yes. I mean, that's, and, and, and you don't have to look that far, you know, Gallup poll, trustworthy professions. I always reference this. Gallup does an annual poll yes. on the trustworthiness of professions. Yes. The bottom of the list is car salespeople and members of Congress, and they're tied at eight, wow. okay, because that's 2020. So percentage of people who who rate that profession as having very high honesty and ethical standards. Yes. Perspective here. Nurses got yes. an 89. Yes. Okay, so people don't trust. So, so what's interesting here is the dealership is not just the sales department, though, and that's what I think is important to to be clear about. The sales process is obviously screwed up, and consumers don't like it, and dealers think it's better, and they're making more money than ever before. That's that's why dealers think it's no better. <laughs> then you have we're putting out essentially like a seven year timeline. Then you have the news out of Ford, and likely mm-hmm. it'll come from others as well. Plus the pressure of some brands actually already selling directly to consumer. That's what makes me think the sales department of a car dealership yes. it, it shouldn't be here in 2030. In my opinion, the service side, I think that's a whole other discussion that we have to have. But this report that just came out just yeah. shows how glaring the disconnect is between the, the buyer and the seller. And I think the buyers are going to flex their muscle a little bit more in the near future than they have in the past. Um, I, I I agree and I disagree. Yeah. And and I think one of our I mean obviously one of our goals uh, as part of the business is is to advocate on behalf of consumers. Um, but part of that advocating on behalf of consumers is advocating to dealers that they change the way they do business. Which there's some research here that I'm going to pull up after after you share okay. this uh, that kind of gets into the pieces where dealers feel more comfortable and, and consumers feel more comfortable. I, 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 there is a... The whole premise behind how a dealership works is 
it's premised on control. Mm-hmm. And if the dealer keeps everything in the dark, all the information in the dark, mm-hmm. and they dispense it when they think it should be dispensed, they think they're in control. Mm-hmm. Um, when in reality, if they were to to actually just provide customers with the informa- information they need in order to make an intelligent decision, it would probably be better off for the dealers in the long term. One of the things, one of my dreams, this is strictly a dream, but I would love at some point to be invited to the National Automobile Dealers Association convention in Las Vegas one year to to speak to dealers about selling cars in a different way. I don't know, 180 degrees from the way they do today. And, and convince them that there's benefits to being transparent, truly transparent, not, not the type of transparency where they think they know what the customers should know or want to know, because they don't. They, they never talk to their customers. They never, they never, they, they never um, survey their customers to ask them what they thought about the buying process or how they think, ask their customers how they think the buying process could be more pleasant for them. They never do that. Mm-hmm. You know, the closest you get to that is the manufacturer sends out a, a survey um, that, you know, hardly anybody really pays attention to. And the dealers beg the customers to give them good scores um, so that nobody's really interested in what the customers have to say, uh, because, you know, the, the dealer body has already made up their mind as to what it is the customer needs. No, I hear you loud and clear. And uh, part of this process is transparency, perceived transparency versus real transparency. You know, as a customer, I might perceive that I have transparency, but you really, you really don't, especially when you're buying a car. Let's take a look at this piece, dad, which is, and I'm going to pull us, give me one second, gang. We're moving over here for a hot minute. All right. So this was how much of the following aspects of your customers' car purchases are done online or mostly online? I Mm -hmm. thought this was pretty interesting. This starts to shine a light on where consumers have the least amount of information versus the most. And again, perceived transparency Mm -hmm. because the the area where – Well, and and if I may, perception is reality. I know. And and people end up spending lots of money or losing money because they don't realize – they don't know what they don't know. And mm-hmm. that happens to me. It happens to you. Yeah. It happens to all of us. Car buyers spend 53, 53% of them start researching vehicles online. Yes. And part of the reason, the whole reason we built our own car search was to help them be more educated going into it. Instead of seeing that advertised price and thinking, okay, I'm going to buy this car for $36,000 or maybe I can negotiate them down to thirty-five-five. No, think about the total price. Yes. Think about the fact that the vehicle actually is going to cost you $40,000 out the door. You know that's why we built that. And that's where most people actually start their online process. Yes. Same with researching local inventories. Making sure the price is fair. What what resources do current car buyers have in that area that is not actually BS? Like true car is probably where a lot of people go. And that's perceived transparency because mm-hmm. you're not actually getting transparency. Yeah. You're getting you're getting uh, lead farmed out to dealerships. So it's interesting to see that not as many people are actually doing kind of like 
price negotiation pressure testing. And that's why we built the market price report to help with that. Mm -hmm. Selecting preferred model. I think you, you, you do a lot of that on the car search sites. Yes. This one, Dev. Understanding financing options. 33% of respondents do online research to understand their financing options. That needs to be 100%. It should be. That surprised me and yeah. scared me, honestly. Yeah. Because if you're not coming into a dealership and then 38% get pre-qualified for financing. Yeah, and those other 62%, what are you doing? You, you, you need to know where you stand um, as far as potential interest rates are concerned. And hear me out here. Last one, discussions about pricing with the dealer. Only 30% of people do that in advance of going into a dealership. This research also talks about how most future car buyers anticipate going to two or three dealerships. So th this research even starts to suggest dealerships aren't going away. People are still going to go into them. Yeah. But this about what you're doing online in advance, this says to me that if we get these numbers up, then maybe it breaks down some of the traditional systems that are really profitable for dealerships and not super equitable for consumers, i.e. knowing what a fair price is before you go into the dealership, knowing where you have leverage and finance, et cetera. But discussions about pricing with dealers and yeah. why that doesn't happen prior to going into the dealership, it's because the dealers won't do it. It's true. You can ask them a direct question. And and the indirect answer you get is, well, uh, when are you planning on coming in? Um, uh, have you driven the car yet? Can yeah. we, when can we set up an appointment for you to be here? Uh, are you going to have something to trade? You're going to be paying cash. You're going to be financing. Yeah. Okay. That, you know, and, and the customer might have said, um, I'm interested in X. What can you sell it to me for? And the answer they get is, when can you be here? Yeah. Okay. So how, if, if the dealers won't respect the consumer's time, and, and actually answer a question that they've asked. You know, how, how, as the dealer, if it happened to you as a dealer, how transparent would you think that process is? If, if, if you as a dealer, dealer principal owning a dealership, Okay, wanted to go buy something somewhere else. No, no, of course, of course. It makes it, it nothing, no aspect of this passes the common sense test. And like we all experience it. So we all get it. I want to bring up one other piece to kind of uh, uh, really kind of uh, take this message home and then let's switch gears. Let's go to the chat. Okay. I'm going to move us You're back a gear here. Switcher. I am a gear switcher. Yeah. I'm going to move us back over here. You know what this chart is, Deb? Mm, um, Fertilizer? No. Chart on the fertilizing business? That chart. Yeah. That chart is a visual representation of yep. all the companies that support dealership through through some sort of tech. Okay. Wow. So it's broken out into a, a numerous segments, right? This says traffic generation, yeah. conversion, retention, software. Within software, you've got reputation management, dealer websites, merchandising support, dealer management systems, right? Like there are CRMs, key systems. Vehicle oh appraisal, God. right? There's Blackbook. We yeah. talk about Blackbook. Yeah. Be, this is incredible, right? Yeah. Max Digital. Now, hear me out here. Yeah. There's probably a thousand companies on this sheet. A couple that, hundred. Yeah. There are hundreds of billions, if not trillions of dollars yes. in value investment being put towards building a better dealer, you know, dealer process that yeah. makes them more profitable. What I don't understand and what frustrates me is why aren't there millions of dollars or at least tens or twenties or hundreds of millions of dollars put towards building a better consumer experience through this process? 
it's absolutely nuts to me that we allow for so much money to go towards making the dealerships more profitable. Then when we get research like this from Capital One and others that says, hey, we're talking two totally different languages. Mm -hmm. Again, it makes me proud of what we're building, but holy hell, we need some help. We need people to be doing the research online in advance. And you know what? We need that to not come from KBB because KBB serves the dealership. Yes. Craziness, craziness, uh, well, craziness. It, you know, it, it's still all that money is being spent so that the so that the dealers can keep the consumers in the dark. Yep. You like to refer to as uh, information asymmetry. It's exactly what it is. Okay. And, and so um, un, until dealers and dealer principals say to themselves, you know, I bet we can do just as well and maybe even better than other dealers if we just become transparent yeah. with our potential customers. Um, until more dealers say that, it's not going to change. And I hear you, but I think by 2030, I think by 2030 on the sales side, you're going to see a totally different process. At least I hope. That's what I hope. I, 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 Parting I, shot on this, then we're switching gears. Okay, well, I think the dealerships will still be there. Um, I My hope is that the process of how they sell cars is different. And my hope is that they 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 honor the customer uh, by respecting the customer's time and answering their questions um, in an honest and forthright manner. Fair, totally fair. All right, we've got Riptide has a yeah. question for us, Dad. Yeah. Let's talk about some headlines. What's your opinion on the Fed raising interest rates and its impact? Well, I, 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 I think interest, from my understanding, and trust me, I'm not an economist, uh, and I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express, and I yep. don't pretend, you know, other than supply and demand, I don't, I don't <laughs> understand much when it comes to the economy. Yeah. Um, but my understanding is that to help fight inflation, you have to raise interest rates. So that's one of the reasons for raising interest rates. It's, it's to um, cool spending to a certain degree, um, which would hopefully bring down prices again. So if the Fed raises interest rates, then consumer interest rates are going to go up. Okay. Uh, interest rates for car loans, interest rates for leases, interest rates for personal loans. Even the mortgages. interest rates for the floor plan at the dealership, everything is going to go up. Is going to go up, um, which is going to make things less affordable on credit. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 depending upon how many times the Fed raises rates this year, it could have a major impact as to consumer spending going forward, especially mm -hmm. with the fact that that car prices just keep skyrocketing. Uh, when the average transaction price for a new car was over forty seven thousand um, dollars and most people aren't paying cash, they're financing a big portion of that. Well, that's going to if interest rates go up, that's going to make it less affordable. Yep. Yep. We've got here from Giovanni. Last week, I was looking at a Ram Limited in the dealership. The site showed one price. When I asked about the advertised price, I was told, quote, oh, no, that's not the price. Shake my head. So that actually, just to just to like pull it up here really quickly, today's video over on the YAA channel, which I'll just do YAA and hopefully it pops up. Yeah, here you go. If a car dealer does this, leave immediately five red flags. Go check out that video. That was one of the ones that you mentioned in the video. There are some serious red flags that you need to be watching out for, and that's one of them. Well, the, here's and I used to say this to customers when I was actively in the business. 
if if the dealership lied to you to get you into the dealership and we didn't and and we were we were straight with you mm-hmm. then you have a moral dilemma <laughs> yeah who do you want to reward the one that lied to you initially to get you there or the one that was honest with you initially and and my hope was then and still is today that you'll reward the people that are trying to do it right. So if if they advertise a price and they tell you, well, that's not really the price, then damn it, don't go there. Okay? You don't have to. It's not a red flag to, to run out. It's a red flag not to show up. Okay? Well, the red, red flag is like an indication of danger. So the red flag is the fact that they changed the price. Yeah. So you don't want to so yeah. go there. Yeah, yeah. So you don't go there. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so it's it's... It's up to uh, yeah yeah. Don't support those dealerships. No exactly. no no no. We're we're 100 on the same page. Okay good. First last says I would fly team. out to Vegas to watch that lecture. All right NADA. We'll we'll keep our phone lines open. Igor yeah. says manufacturers are not interested to service cars and manufacturers are not interested in selling used cars. So dealerships will still be around regardless, even if new cars might be sold directly. Yeah 100. Yeah. We didn't even touch on. We, you could spend hours just talking about the service side of how oh how God, that's going to yeah. evolve. Giovanni says the YA vehicle search has been on my browser history constantly since it launched. Advertised total price is great, and I wish the other websites actually did this. Hey, so do we. In transit. In transit should be out in a couple weeks, which I'm excited about. Evan says, I go to a dealer with finance in hand. Perfect. We need more and more people to do exactly that. People need to get pre-approved for car loans before they show up at a dealership. You You need to know what your credit scores are what your credit history shows um, and you, you need to, you need to know what you're approved for and what equals an afford, if you're a payment what's a buyer, yeah. what, what's, what's an affordable monthly payment for you. You Absolutely. need to know that. Mr. Brightstar asking, is there a way to private message YAA? Indeed there is. Let me share my screen. There it is. We have our own form. Oh, my God. How does this work? <laughs> this is a bright start. If you head to the website and then mm-hmm. click on YAA community, that'll take you over to our community site. On the community site, create an account, either post here or you can actually, yeah, you can like send direct messages. You can click up here and send direct messages. So feel free to do that. Wow. All right. Let me come back over here. There was you have to, one. Do you have to be a premium member to do that? You can send messages. No, I mean I'm not. I've got twenty on red ones right now. So like, <laughs> you can send them. Yeah, you can send them. We have live chat available if yeah. you're a premium member. Also, speaking of which, we have the promotion twenty percent off starting tomorrow. Code luck for St. Patrick's Day. So just stay tuned for that. Tomorrow yeah. says if a dealership won't budge on price via email, is it even worth going in person to try and negotiate? Great question, and lots of lots of interesting things to say about this. I imagine. Um, well, I guess the question. Of- would beg to be asked is why wouldn't they be willing to budge on price via email? Um, and if they won't, then that that's a dealership to me that, no, I'm not going to reward them for, for their bad behavior because they won't share pricing with me um, by actually going in to sit down with them to see if I could get a better deal. No, go, go but at to the, the same time that, that you have most leverage when you're actually there. You've said that in videos. Your leverage is your presence, or your presence is your leverage. Yes, I've said that. But if they've already shown you via email that they won't work with you when you're requesting something, then why 
reward them with your presence because i need them... to buy a car like you're you're sitting yeah, but, right but, but, now you're sitting no, right no, now no, on no. this puritist like no, you're in no, an ivory tower no wait a second if 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 you if you send emails to five dealerships and three won't give you the information that you asked no for, that wasn't or, the, they or won't, won't negotiate or won't negotiate with you Yeah, because there's a big distinction uh, okay yeah. that won't negotiate with you via email but two will. Yeah, do the two that will. Will. Okay, and the three that wasn't that the will. question. You just created a scenario that wasn't the question. The question was: This dealership won't yeah. negotiate via email. Yeah. Should I, Should go, I in? go in? No. I think yes. I say no. All right, we'd see differently on this uh, one. Well, we do. Because you also said, had said, and just said a moment ago, um, your, your your presence, presence is your here. leverage. Yes, I get that. But that they, they haven't done anything to encourage you. To show up there. I know, but the question wasn't, they haven't negotiated via email. Have they done anything to encourage me to show up? The question was, should I go? And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, if you got to buy a car, you should go. And I'm thinking, You should be prepared to leave. And, and you th- should also send emails out to five other dealerships. Yeah, well, I'm thinking you go to the dealerships that were willing to negotiate with you a little bit. All right, so listen to the pros because Space yeah. says I won't go to a dealership without a deal on hand. In hand. Thank you, Mario. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Igor in the chat saying most dealerships currently pay roughly 25 to 3% monthly for floor plan currently for up to 90 to 120 days, and then it can go up to 3.5% just per month on Floor plan. So yes, interest rates are rising, and so yes. as the Fed increases interest rates, that'll increase um, yes. the, yeah. uh, the floor and, plan and dealerships, as well. Dealerships, uh, even though their new car inventory is lower than normal, their used car inventories are probably, a, you know, even though the 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 amount of vehicles might not be great, the volume or the the cost average of that is inflated. Yep. Um, so that they carry, they're carrying millions of dollars. Of, of of vehicles yeah. that they're paying interest on. Let's hit um, just very quickly, pops, if you don't mind. I'm gonna play this. Uh... Really? You, you gotta, gotta be, be kidding! kidding me. Me. All right, so I found this earlier today. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing. Well, it was 21 minutes ago, so I couldn't. Okay. Tesla fired an employee who posted a YouTube video of a full self-driving incident. Okay. Did you hear about this? No. This is super interesting. I guess we can, let me make sure. Uh, all right, let me just mute it. So this is a Tesla employee who, and there's tons of videos like these online yeah. of, of people driving with full self-driving mode. And yeah. I guess it happens right around here. Oh, what did it hit? <laughs> a traffic pylon. Oh, okay. Well, that's always good. All right, let's watch. Yeah. So it's in full self-driving mode. Yeah. Well, okay. It's so, not programmed to, to recognize a traffic pylon. Tesla terminated the employee six days after he posted the video. They haven't announced why. Yeah. He was uh, John Burnell, who worked on the data annotation team for Tesla's autopilot system, received a separation agreement from the company on February 11th, just under a week after he posted the video that now has 180,000 views. It's not enough views to get fired over. Burnell said in a phone interview that while his manager refused to put the reason for his firing in writing, he was told it was in part due to the improper use of full self-driving. Interesting. And that software is running on 60,000 vehicles right now in the United States. I found this to be... Yeah. Really, you got to be kidding me for two reasons. One, yeah. terrible way to get terminated. Yeah. And secondarily, if you're using Tesla full self-driving, it's not full self-driving quite yet. Uh, so it's uh, P... 
PFSD. Partially, <laughs> yeah. Partial full self-driving. We've got uh, Rap a Mentor reminding me, you're arguing with your dad again. You're not always uh, right as you think you are. No, trust me. I recognize that. Like, yeah, but it doesn't stop him from arguing with it. his dad. <laughs> it's part of life. Yeah, yeah. All right, Pops, let's call it a show for today. Again, we've got the uh, St. Patrick's Day promotion starting tomorrow. We have our 101st episode tomorrow, which is feels like a new beginning. Yeah. And um, yeah. Things are feeling pretty good. Not a lot of yeah. news today. That's Happy hundredth. Okay. Congrats, Pops. Oh, thank you. And congrats to you for for having the courage to, to do this on a daily basis. I appreciate you doing it with me. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow at noon for more news that you can use from YAA with uh, Zach and Ray. First, last wants to know what will dealerships do with the lots space or the lot space once they adapt to having less than half their old inventory numbers? Uh, I'm telling you, all those all those Marshalls department stores. Either that, or you know, they're going to hope that that the sporting arenas get built near <laughs> them so that they can they can turn them like into sports lots. books. Oh yeah, parking <laughs> lots, theaters. Yeah. Nobody options. goes to the movie theater anymore. See you guys. <laughs> bye bye, everybody. Join us again next time, which is probably tomorrow, to get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon.